Bibles, open up to Luke chapter 8, and we're going to read verses 4 through 15. Luke chapter 8, 4 through 15, it'll be up here on the screen as well. While, while a large crowd was gathering, the people were coming to Jesus from town after town, and he told this parable. A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was, as he was scattering the seed, some fell among, uh, um, along the path, and it was trampled on, and the birds ate it up. Some fell on rocky ground, and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Others' seed fell along, among thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plant. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. When he said this, he cried out, he called out, Whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. His disciple asked him what the parable meant. Jesus said, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God has been given to you. But to others, I speak in parables so that those seeing they may not see, though hearing they may not understand. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Those those along the path are the ones who hear. And then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. Those on rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy uh, when it when they hear it. But they have no roots. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. The seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear. But as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches and pleasures, and they do not mature. But the seed on good soil stands for those who with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it and by perseverance produce a crop. So this morning we're starting a new series and we're, it's, it's called Hearing God Speak. Hearing God Speak. For so many years, I've had people ask me, how do you when you say God spoke to me, when you say God is speaking to me, how does that happen? I sometimes don't hear God clearly. How do, you, how do you hear God speak? And I've done sermons on it, and I've done it in, in, in part during sermons. But I thought, you know what? We need to do an entire series just on this subject. And we're going to go through so many questions that you have asked and try to answer those questions. So I want to beg you, okay? If you are in town... Over the next five or six weeks, you need to be here every single Sunday. You need to invite people every single Sunday. This is a question that people, they they all want to know. How do I hear God? How do I know when God is speaking? And I thought it was appropriate to start this on Mother's Day because honestly, women seem to communicate more easily than men. That's just a reality. I know, you know, women can get together and meet each other for the very first time and become fast friends. I mean, they talk to each other. They connect with each other. They share sometimes intimate things about their lives in in a very short period of time. And they build bonds and friendships, I think, I think way better than than men often do. And women have the ability to speak many times without even speaking. You know, you heard of mom eyes, right? Right. Mom eyes, you know, every mom has mom eyes like, you know, someone's saying someone in the family is saying something they shouldn't be saying it all this. And I can't do it very well, but you get the mom eyes, you know, and you look and you're like right in the middle of the sentence. You're like, look, you don't know what to say after that. You're like, oh, I forgot my train of thought. But mom eyes tell you basically, don't don't say that. Don't say that. Like it's Thanksgiving, right? You go to to that side of the family, you start talking and then get the, you know, your mom opens. It's mom eyes. 
So moms will do that. Moms have the incredible ability to communicate multiple ways uh, in, in, one, in one setting, if you will. Now, I think one of the best times to speak to your mom is when she's on the phone, okay? If you really want to encourage <laughs> moms when you speak to them when they're on the phone with someone else. I'm just kidding. Don't say, well, Pastor Jeff said I should bother you while you're on the phone. I'm just kidding. But moms have the ability to communicate with us when they're speaking on the phone, right? You know this to be true. How many times have you been on the phone with Nancy, for example, and you're, you're having this deep spiritual conversation with Nancy? Nancy, you know, maybe the Lord wants you to give that up. Sometimes you just need to submit yourself in those situations. Mom, mom. Mom, mom, mom. And mom, you know, mom start out with the finger, right? It's just like, you know, they're still smiling like, you know, and they just, they, they, the finger starts to move. Like this, it's like this, right? And then they start out, but that doesn't, that doesn't stop you. It's like, mom, mom, and she's still talking to Nancy. You know, Nancy, what I would do in your situation, but it's like, mom, John said that dad said that he said that I said that you said that we could. And, you know, and mom at that point, she gives you the eyes of, can't you see him on the phone? And her jaw starts, you know, turning up right here. Can't you see him on the phone? And then after a while, you keep doing it. And she says something like, Nancy, <laughs> Nancy, can you hold on just one second? Right? And you get that. You get that, the, uh, you know, that, that you know, if I, if, if you keep bothering me. Hi, Nancy. But does that deter you? No, you keep going. Right. So she kind of has her phone tucked under here and she does this Navy SEAL kind of communication. Right. I don't know why we are so mentally ill that we can't figure out that you're a dead man or woman after she gets off the phone. It's like we keep doing this. You know, I thought about this, too. We as teenagers sometimes think, oh, their parents aren't too bright, whatever. I don't think my mom, my dad, you don't want to listen to them. I think because you have killed so many brain cells by the time you're like 16 that they're a little they're a little numb, okay, mentally numb. But then you, as you get older, they get smarter. You know why I figured this out? Because you've left and their brain is healed. Okay, and they can think again. They can cognitively and rationally think through things again because you're no longer around to drive them absolutely. Amen. Amen. I want to, that's right. That's, that's from a mom. I'm hearing it. So it's it, communication. Communi- it's, it's communication. You know, you've got to ask, why do moms, why, you know, why do moms communicate with us? They communicate with us because they love us. They love us. God wants to communicate with his people. God wants to communicate with us. Moms have a variety of ways of communicating, right? God through the word, through his word, God through history has had a variety of ways that we're going to talk about for the next six weeks of communicating with his people. Why? For the same reason moms communicate, all joking aside on this, the same reason they communicate with us because they love us. They want a relationship with us. The problem is sometimes communication, whether it be with another human or with God, is difficult. It's hard to understand sometimes when people are trying to communicate with you. 
The problem with communication is it's often misunderstood. Sometimes husbands don't always understand their wives when they're communicating. We were in Orlando, like I said, we were at the Orphan Summit in Orlando. And I, in our family, I'm the driver, right? And my wife, Deb, is the navigator. So I've gotten to the point where I literally drive blind. It does, I just, I'm not thinking about where I'm going. She just goes, oh, go to the left, go to the right. I've literally asked her, I promise you, I asked her, should, should we turn here? I was going into the driveway because I got so used to on the trip asking her where we should go. It's like, I'm like, why am I asking you if you should pull into the driveway? But she's the navigator. I'm the pilot. So we're in Orlando and I, and I simply asked maybe three or four times and she told me already. I asked her about, should I get in the right lane or in the left lane? And, and so she said, hey, maybe you should concentrate a little bit more and, you know, on, on what I'm saying. And so uh, this analogy came to me as I was driving. And I think it was a good analogy. And I said to her, listen, Deb, I'm the pilot, okay? I'm the pilot and you're the navigator. See, so when the pilot asked the navigator two, three, four times the same question, the navigator should answer the question with a good attitude. Because you're the navigator, I'm the pilot. You know what I'm saying? You should answer the question and like it. Does that, I said, does that make sense? Does that, does, do, you under, does, do you understand my analogy? She said, I really do. But she said, if the pilot is incapable, okay, uh, if he's unwilling or unable, okay, to perform the duties of the pilot, the crew should be able to replace the pilot, okay? <laughs> She said, do you understand that? And I said, yes, that makes perfect. I do understand because she gave me those mom eyes. And I'm just kidding. (laughs) But it's communication. It's difficult, right? Communication is, whether it's people or whether it's our communication with God, sometimes our communication is really difficult. I got to share one more quick thing with you. I get so I get so focused when I'm driving. Have you ever gone on a long trip and you're driving through like McDonald's or Wendy's? with your family. I got a few things I just kind of scratch my head and wonder as, as the pilot, okay? How many times have you gone to McDonald's and Wendy's in your life? Yeah, a million, right? But you drive up to Wendy's, the, the driving up window, and your family acts like they're at like this expensive restaurant. You know what I mean? Like, like, like they've never been there. We got to read the menu. You got to read the menu. It's the same menu since 1968. What are you talking about? It's meaty things with different sauces on it. Pick something. And the person you drive up, they say right away, can I help you? How can I serve you? And you're like, uh, my family is, re- my family is from outer space. They've never actually been to McDonald's. And so they're reading the menu. And they, and so they would yell things to me and I couldn't keep up. So I, I've learned that I hear words. They come in. I just repeat what I hear to the person at the window. And they've learned this and they started saying really nutty things, but I'm not smart enough not to repeat them. One time they said, uh, dad, I want a chicken patio. I'm like, can I have a chicken patio? And the lady's like, what? I said, a chicken patio. She's like, we don't have chicken patio. What do you mean? You're McDonald's. You don't have chicken patios? I'm like, wait a second. That's the stupidest thing I've ever said. I said, I'm sorry. And they're all in the back seat laughing. Kim and Jen in the back seat laughing. And then time they said, Dad, I want to rise and shine. Can I have a rise and shine? They said, this isn't Bob Evans. I said, oh, yeah, yeah, I know. I know. 
And then they want a Coke. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm not ba 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 loving it at McDonald's sometimes, okay? And they want a Coke. And the Cokes, the bottoms have gotten really small so they can still fit inside your cup holder, right? But the tops are like a silo. So you're doing the dad thing. You've been there for a half hour on this line that should take two seconds. And you want to get out of there. So you take the curve and the silo of Coke spills over. And you're floating around in your van because there's so much Coke in that thing. You have to open the van door. It all goes spilling out. Your family's pressing against the window. <laughs> oh, I don't know why I told you that story. I just liked I just felt like it. That's why. I feel like, I feel like sometimes the pilot gets abused. <laughs> oh, I'm going to go get a chicken patty after the service is over. Okay, communication is not easy. I can't, I can't tell you, I, I, I have to tell you, I'm very skeptical when people tell me they hear God clearly all the time. They just hear him clearly. People will say things like, you know, God told me to tell you. I'm always, I've had people say that to me and actually the people I trust, someone I trust has said that to me and I responded well to it. Most of the time, people have used that phrase to harm other people for many, many years, have abused, spiritually abused people with saying, God told me, God spoke to me and told me to tell you. You got to be careful of things like that. When people say things like that, it's hard. It's very hard. People think sometimes pastors have a clear communication to God. Because you're a pastor, you clearly hear God all the time. Well, I can clearly tell you that my multitude of mistakes in ministry would say otherwise. There's so many times I think I'm hearing, I'm not sure, or I just run ahead and I'm really not hearing from God. Why? Because not one of us in this room has a direct email to God. And so we need to use the skills that God has taught us in his word to try to hear and understand him. Jesus said in Luke 8, 8, whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. He screamed it. Whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. Let her hear. The point is you need to be, I need to be tuned in. In the time of Jesus, when he was telling this parable, he would, there were farmers and the farmers would go out in their field and they would broadcast the seed. The difference between broadcasting and planting seed is a little different in the sense that take your finger and put the, your finger in the seed, I mean in the ground and plant a seed and cover it over, one seed covered over. Broadcasting, you throw it out there and it lands in different places. Maybe the wind kind of picks it up a little bit and it spreads out over different types of soils. That's what Jesus is talking about here. Depending on the type of soil that the seed landed on, you would get different results, different outcomes. Now in Jesus' parable, the seed stands for the word of God, the gospel. Jesus sharing the gospel, the disciples sharing the gospel. And the four, the four soils stand for the attitudes of the heart, how we receive the word of God when it is spoken to us. So the question we're going to go over over the next few weeks is basically, how do we know? How can we hear God speak to us? How do we know that God is speaking to us? I'm going to share four ways this morning. Four. Number one, number one, if you want to hear God speak to you, you need to cultivate a heart and mind 
that listens to God. You're, you have to cultivate a heart and mind that is open to God. We need to be eager to hear him. We need to be ready to hear him. We need to be receptive when he speaks. One of the reasons that people do not hear from God, one of the reasons is because they are not open. They have closed their minds. They're not open to receiving what God has for them. Their attitude is, ah, I know there's a God out there somewhere, but I'm not sure he speaks. He really speaks to us the way you say he speaks to us. And so you've closed your mind. We see in this verse that a hardened path represents a closed mind. A hardened path represents a closed mind. So many of you have been on a farm before or have seen things on, like movies on farms. And on farms, the, the, the farmer will walk this, this path. Through the, through the fields, around different places. He, he wears out this one path. The path is usually very narrow, right? It's narrow and it's hard. It's really hard. I told you that story about being in Nigeria during the dry season. And you can't tell if the ground is either a rock or dirt. It is so hard. I asked the chief one time, I think I told you this, is that a rock or is that actually dirt? He said it's dirt, but it is so hard. But that path that the farmer walks on is narrow and it is hard. And that's just like our minds, like our minds, narrow and hard. We do not receive the word of God. We do not receive God speaking to us because we have hardened our hearts and hardened our minds and we do not receive it. It's like this, the, 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 the God throw. He wants to speak to you and that and that seed lands on hard ground. It stays on top of the soil. The birds come and eat it up and it never sprouts. It never has a chance to sprout because you're not letting it sink in. You're not receiving it. You don't want to hear it. Sometimes we never give God a chance to talk. Why is he not speaking to you? Because you're not open to God speaking to you. You're not open. You don't believe that God speaks that way. And that's why our minds are closed. Our hearts are hardened. We're unwilling to listen to what God may have to say to us. So our minds are closed. And that causes us to not hear God when he tries desperately. Jen sang that song, how much he loves us. He wants to talk to us, but our minds are closed. And I want to talk about three mental blocks very quickly. Why, why is it? Why is it that we don't hear God? Why is it that we don't want to listen to God? Three of them. The first one is fear. The first one is fear. You're afraid. What if God tells you to do something that you don't want to do? What if God tells you, what if you're just speaking to God and you're thinking to yourself, I, what if God tells me to go and do something I don't feel like doing? Like maybe he tells me, if I, I've seen people who are really close to God and they, they, they go off sometimes and they're missionaries in other countries. I don't want to do that. Or he, he tells me to sell this or do that or give. Maybe he doesn't tell me to give more. I don't want to give. Maybe, maybe he's going to tell me to break up with that guy. I, I kind of know he's not good for me or she's not good for me. And maybe he's going to tell me to break up. Or maybe he's going to tell me to get rid of that habit. Or maybe he's going to tell me to, here's one. If I get close, if I really start listening to God, maybe he's going to tell me to forgive that person. I have no intention of forgiving that person, so I really don't want to hear it. So I'm going to close my mind to God. The other one is pride. Pride. I don't need to hear from God. I got it all worked out. I got it all reasoned out. I don't need to pray about this. I can figure it out on my own and pull myself up my own bootstraps. I've made it this way so far and I don't need to hear from God. And so you think you've got it all together. You don't need to hear anything God has to say because you know it all. The third thing is bitterness. 
This is a big one. Bitterness. You, you've had some experiences in the past that, are, that you're holding on to. You've had some really difficult experiences and you're holding on to them. Maybe there are some hurtful memories in your past that you can't seem, you just can't seem to overcome. You can't seem to, to let those go. You say things like, why did this happen to me? Or this is, this is the more significant one because Satan doesn't just leave you there. He keeps pushing it. Why did God let this happen to me? How could God let this happen to me? And so you've cut him off. You shut him off. You're ticked. Really boils down to you're ticked off at God. You know, I'll tell you right now, God loves you and he can handle it. He can handle it. But you're, you're ticked off at him because you're, why did God let this happen to me? How could God let this, how could God do this, do this to me? See, here's one of the things I want to share with you. And it's difficult. One of the difficulties of life, and there's no way around it. Everyone in this room is going to experience trouble and pain in their lives, and there's no exceptions. We live in a fallen world, and in this fallen world, we are going to have trouble. What I'm saying to you this morning is that if you allow your heart to, to, to not receive God's love, it just becomes more hard and cold. God wants to com- show you compassion. God wants to care for you. He wants to love you. Don't tune him out. Don't cut him out. Allow him to walk you through the challenges you're going through. Allow him to be there for you and encourage you and support you. Don't cut him off. He's your only hope. Satan has inflicted so many things. Other people have done things, experiences in your life. Don't allow another person or other experiences to cut off your relationship with God for you to stop listening or stop hearing God because you're bitter and angry about what happened. A bitter life is a wasted life. Listen to me. A bitter life is a wasted life and it only prolongs your pain. Period. It only prolongs your pain. Number two, if you want to hear from God, you need to set aside time to listen. We need to listen. Honestly, we, we get so incredibly busy with our lives. We don't slow down enough to just listen to God. We are go, 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 go. How can I expect to, honestly, you say, I want to hear from God. How, why isn't God speaking to me? How, I don't understand. You say that you, hear, you heard from God. God spoke to you. How do I know God's speaking to me? But God, God's trying to speak to you, but we can't, we can't hear him. I'm going to raise my hand sometimes on this one. We can't hear him because we're running around doing so much. We're so busy. We're in such a hurry. We've become experts on trying to hear God while in a rush. God, speak to me, but do it quickly. I got to get here. I got to get there. I got to go over here. I got to bring this one there. I got to bring over here. I got to do this. And all of a sudden you want God to speak to you. But how is God supposed to speak to you when you never? How are you and I supposed to communicate? If I say to you, hey, can you talk to me about this? And then you start talking. And I'm like, wait, well, yeah, well, well, I'll get back to you. I got to go. I got to. I have to. Or you hear, but the person's screaming, you're kind of hearing what they're saying, maybe. A little static going on. How is God supposed to communicate if we're not allowing him to speak? See, the result of all that is a superficial life. This is what Jesus is saying. Verse 6 says, Some fell on rocky ground, and when it came up, the plant withered because it had no moisture. And verse 13 says, those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. 
They believe for a while, but in their time of testing, they fall away. The shallow soil represents a superficial mind. Listen to me. I'm not, I, I don't believe you can use, lose your salvation here. Listen to what it's saying. The, sh- the, the shallow, it's a superficial mind. The shallow seed represents a superficial mind. In much of Israel, there, are, there is a layer of topsoil on bedrock, on limestone. So you get this layer of soil on top of the rock so that when the seed is planted, the roots begin to grow and they spread out a little bit. But when it starts to get dry, it, it, it dries out the roots and the plant withers and the plant dies because it's not, there's no depth there. It's just superficial. We see, we, you and I get excited and we get enthusiastic and we, we, feel, we feel all impulsive when we hear a, a person speak or we're, we read this really good Christian book or, or we listen to the radio and, and you know, what's, what's so-and-so said on his podcast and and so we get all excited about that and there's nothing wrong with that and we say oh pastor that person really moved me or you really you really moved me and then but then i i ask the question sometimes okay you read that book and you were so moved by it but then months later there's no actual change in your life there's no depth of change in your life why why is that it's because we forget 95 percent of what we hear I, I said this in first service, and probably, but I have had situations where people have been away for a week, and they come back and they say, oh, so what did you talk about last week? It, I have to process through that for a second, because I'm on to the next thing, I'm talking to so many other people, last week was last week, I almost forget, what, how are you supposed to remember what I say a week ago, and I can't remember what I said a week ago, Right? We forget. So what is the solution to that? It is important that we take notes. It's important that we take notes. More important, okay, is that you apply what you have learned as fast as possible. You take it, you write things down that you think, oh man, I really need to work on that. And then you start to apply that as quick as possible. Why? Because if there's no application, if you don't apply it, you don't own it. I don't care what anybody says, you're not going to convince me otherwise. If you do not apply it, you do not own it. We need to water, listen, we need to water truth with application if we want to see growth. We need to water truth. I'm speaking truth from the word of God. You need to water that truth with application if you want to see growth in your life. You need to allow God's word to penetrate the bedrock, to get below the surface. So many people start off, they're fine, but then the problems and the heat is turned on. And once those problems come and the that heat is turned up, they wither and blow away. Because they, ha- they have no foundation. They have no roots. I planted some, some, um, some trees recently. They came in a bag. I ordered them online. And, uh, you know, they're, they're, maple, they're, they're maple trees. They're sugar maples. And they came. There was no leaves. It looked kind of dead. And I put it in the ground. I thought, I hope it comes back. But no leaves have come out on it yet. No, all the leaves coming out. But I was reading about it, and what's happening is that it's not going to spend all its energy up here. It's spending its energy down there. So when those leaves do come out, it's got the support. It's got the energy. That's what we need to do. We need to allow God's word to get to the roots. So many people are blown away. Why? Because they have no structure. They have no root system. They have no structure. They're shallow. They're superficial. It takes more than emotion. It takes more than enthusiasm to grow in your relationship with Christ. It takes commitment. And the root is the real commitment. 
Number three, how, how do I hear from God? I need to eliminate all of my distractions. Holy mackerel, right? I need to eliminate some of the distractions in my life. I miss God speaking to me because I have so many other thoughts and so many other ideas and so many other activities and so many other stresses and so many other, you know, whatever. You, you name it. You have, we have so many other things that are going on in our minds and our lives. How are we supposed to hear from God? It's like Mother's Day. You're going, to admit, you're going to call your mom. Some of you some of you will be able to call your mom today. You know what you're going to get on the phone when you start to try to call your mom? Even on cell phones, you're going to hear. What are you going to hear? Circuits, circuits are busy. Try again later. God is trying to speak to some of us, okay? And we he can't get through because the circuits are busy. The circuits are busy. Go, go, go. All the pressures, all the worries, all the activities of life are going on around us. God often finds a line busy. He finds us completely consumed. A few weeks ago, I said that we need to take some time and cut back. Some of you need to stop some of the things that you're doing. You need to do less. We need to do, I need to do less. Some of you need to do less. We need to do less and we need to start that now. Really, that needs to start. Some of you need to find margin. Busy is not always better. Being busier is not always better. Verse 7 says this, Other seed fell among thorns which grew up with it and choked the plant. And verse 14 explains it. The seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures. They do not mature. See, the soil that has seeds represents a preoccupied mind. It's all this preoccupation. I have so many other things going on. The seeds sprout. You start to grow the reeds, the weeds, all the other things, all the pleasures, all the all the riches, all all these other things start to choke you out so that you don't mature. You don't get to maturity because you're being choked. I don't know how many people right now have gardens or whatever else. The, the, The weeds are choking out your garden. Why do people live such unproductive lives? They can't hear from God. Why is that happening? Because they confuse busyness with productivity. You're confusing being busy with being productive. God has called you to a purpose. God has designed your life. He wants you to live the life that he has designed for you. We are not being productive because we're being busy and we're confusing the two. It's always go, 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 right? We're go, 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 go. But we're only running in spiritual circles. circles. Just because you're running doesn't mean you're really getting anywhere. We need to slow it down. God, Jesus is saying you can have so many activities and so many distractions that there's no time to hear me. Jesus basically says distractions are like weeds. He says they're like weeds. And he gives us three examples. He says worries, riches, and pleasures, right? Worries, the, the worries and concerns of this world. A few weeks ago, we talked about this, the worries and concerns of this world. I'm not going to get into all the depths of it now, but that, that keeps us from hearing God. Riches. I want to get to the top. I'm going to get to the, I got to make it. I got to be the best speaker. I got to be the, I got to write my first book. I got to, and, and you go for it. You go for it. You go for it. You want 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 it. You get to the top and you find out, ah, there's nothing there. I spent all this time and realized when I got to the top, 
There was nothing there. And pleasures. You know what? You're so busy having fun that you forgot about God. Some of you are so busy having fun, running around. And I'm not talking good fun. I'm talking things that God would not want you to do. You're so busy running around, doing your thing and having a blast and whatever else. And it's not that God wants you to live an abundant life. I, I live a dynamic, exciting, abundant life. I, I, am, I, I am so excited about how I live my life. There's nothing wrong with that. But you know what I'm talking about. You're so busy with your pleasures and having fun that you've literally forgot about God. See, a weed can be anything that I let rob me of my time with God. Let me say that again. A weed can be anything that I let rob me of my precious time with God. Think about it. How much effort does it take to grow a weed? Anybody sit around and fertilize their weeds? water their weeds. They can, they, they can grow in the middle of your parking lot. It's ridiculous. It's not much, it's not much effort at all. But see, here's the thing. Here's, here's what happens. When I neglect my time with God, weeds start growing in my life and make me less productive. And I mean productive when it really matters. The productivity that God has given us, what God has called us and wants us to do, those things don't happen because we are letting weeds choke us. Number four, you need to go along with what he says. If you want to hear from God, listen to me. You need to go along with what he says. Here's what I mean. God speaks to people who he knows are going to respond before he says it. God speaks to people more often Okay, the kind of person that God loves to speak to are people who he knows will do what he's going to say before he says it. We have to be prepared. Our soil needs to be prepared so that when God plants that seed of truth, that seed of truth has an ability to grow, has the ability to 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 become what God has planted and designed it to be. God talks to people. Who decide in advance that they are going to listen to what he says. And this is what it says in verse 15. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, listen, who hear the word, retain it, and by perseverance produce a crop. Good soil represents a willing mind. Good soil here represents a willing mind. God, I am open. I'm your vessel. Speak to me. Tell me what you want and I will do it. God speaks to those people. God, God speaks to those people because he knows when I speak to this person, they're going to, re- they're going to retain it and they're going to apply it to their will- lives. A willing mind and heart equals a productive life. A willing mind and heart. God, speak to me and I will do what you call me to do. Would you like your life to count, honestly? Do you want to be productive? Do you want to know your purpose? Do you want to fulfill on this earth everything that God has for you? James chapter 1, verse 22 says this. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Do not merely listen to the word, okay? Listen and so deceive. Don't just listen to the word in Bible study, your Bible study. Don't just listen to the word in your life group. Don't just listen to the word. Do what it says. Listen to it. Own it. Apply it. Apply it to your life. So I want each of us, as we close off here, I want you to do just one, choose one thing this morning. Just choose one thing that you're going to do. For some of you, you know, we have 101 
201, 301, 401, 501. Why do we have those classes? Because they lead you into a closer relationship with Jesus Christ. 101 is membership. 201 is discipleship. We go through fellowship, discipleship, ministry, evangelism, worship. Five purposes, five classes leading you closer and closer and closer to God. That's the goal. So if you've, if you've been through 101, go on to 201. If you've gone to 401, go on to 501. Keep going through that process. Some of you need to join a life group. Honestly, you need to join a life group. There, go talk to Emily Monifo. She'll show, share with you all the life groups that are going on within the church. Talk to her. Get yourself connected. Visit a few. Pick one. Get engaged. Grow in your relationship with Christ. Or join a men's or and join a men's or women's Bible study where you can have people can come around you and support you and encourage you. Begin a daily quiet time. Honestly, I don't. I'm not. Oh, read your Bible. Pray. Start a quiet time. No, listen. You're so, we're, we, we're all so busy. There are times in my life where a couple weeks have gone by and I honestly will judge myself and say, what did you, what, how much time have you spent with God in the last couple weeks? Well, I've, I've, I've written these sermons. I've done these Bible studies. I've done this. I've done that. I did this for you. I did this for you. I did this for you. But the question God puts in my heart is, how much time have you spent with me? Uh, intimately. Listening to me, talking to me, sharing with me from your heart. How much time? Uh, but I did this for you and I did that for you. I don't know if you want your mom or your dad, you know, to basically, here's your food. I did this. And then when you say, well, mom, I need, uh, 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 I fed you. Didn't I feed you? I did this for you and I did that for you. No, there's a loving relationship there. We can, and we can all, we can all fall into that trap. We can all fall into that trap. Make a list. Maybe your, your job is to make a list and identify the weeds in your life. What do you need? What weeds do you need to pull out that are keeping you from becoming the person that God has created you to be? Last, last and not least, maybe we need to memorize scripture. A lost art of memorizing the word of God. Because when you go through the struggles, when you go through the pain, when the winds start to blow, when the storm starts to come, when the heat is on, when the, when the pressure is on, though it's the word of God planted in your heart that has grown and that you've remembered and that you've applied that will help you get through any struggle that you'll face. I want you to bow your heads with me. I want you to bow your heads. I want you to concentrate. Keep concentrating. You were given a seed when you came in this morning. I want that seed to remind you that you need to spend time every single day listening to God, reading his word and listening to his voice, reading his word, meditating on his word, being quiet, being quiet and listening to him. As you leave today, we've talked about these four or five or six things that maybe we can do. What, what weed is in my life or maybe I need to memorize scripture, whatever it is for you. When you leave today, you need to realize that the enemy will do everything possible to distract you with all the other activities of life and distract you from acting upon the decision that you made this morning. Don't let him steal your seed. Don't let him steal the seed that God has planted in your heart. God, we want to be good soil. We want to be noble and good people. We want to have noble and good hearts. We want to hear your word. We want to retain your word. We want to apply your word to our lives. And we want to produce a crop. 
We want to have productive lives. We want to produce. We want to hear it. We want to, atta- we want to retain it. We want to apply it. And we want to produce a crop in our lives for you. You said, you screamed out, whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. Well, God, we want to hear from you. We want to hear you. So over the next five or six weeks, Lord, help us to learn how to hear you. So when you say, he who has ears to hear, let him hear, our ears are wide open. Fill us with your truth. We love you. We praise you. We thank you for being a God who loves us so much that he wants to speak to us. And we're going to learn how to listen. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great week. And happy Mother's Day.